Fempreneur True Confessions podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome. And it's an exciting day. Spring is in the air. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> like, yay, springtime. So I am Laura. And I am owner of ODAA Virtual Assistant Agency. Um, and other duties as assigned is the ODAA or ODA um, meaning. So, um, and we help small businesses to grow and scale their businesses confidently. Um, we build a strategy and add solutions to ensure their focus is on what they need to thrive while allowing them to release the need to be everything in their business. Learning to delegate work and focus on their superpower in their business. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm Angel Lee uh, with Lady Powerhouse Solutions. Lady Powerhouse Solutions is a heart-centered approach to offering project and event management to women entrepreneurs who are on fire and lighten up the world with their passion and drive to achieve their missions. And we help them do that in the most authentic way possible. I like to talk about the fact that Laura and I have a really similar, not only similar niche, but target market. So we prefer um, and tend to work with women-powered businesses. Um, and yet, yet, we're business besties. We're constantly referring people back and forth. Instead of competing with each other, we really have this um, uh, a relationship that is of support and supporting each other. And that's why we started the podcast was that, you know, we, we saw that that, that, that was missing or even statistically. And some of the research that's out there, women feel like not supported. There's no mentors, there's no, um, you know, role models out there for women entrepreneurs, 80% of them feel alone. And so, um, and, and, you know, and we're in this period with, especially with social media, where you know everything's smiles and and right. i think that we're getting closer to being more real on social media but also not being on social media as mm -hmm. much and um you know it's mental health awareness month mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> it is, i think that is important it is important to to get off of social media um every day. And, and, um, my phone is uh, giving me some issues. So I haven't been on that much. Um, anyway, so, uh, we try to fought with, with this podcast, we're just trying to foster this community mm -hmm. of, um, female entrepreneurs, women supporting women, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Being in within the community and knowing, you know, and, you know, where do you go? And we all search. We're always looking. We know the search, the statistics in this. And and it's very interesting to us because sometimes when you're looking at it, it can seem like there's a whole bunch. And then when it just kind of dwindles down to, and it's like, there's just not a lot of support, not like we think there probably is. So yeah. um, just yeah. being there, building that sisterhood and community is really important to us as a team and as a as a group we have you know a lot of us that all feel in and and work within the same areas with those same ideas about you know abundance mindset and we don't need to compete and we love what each other does we cheerlead for each other and we're really in in it for the you know women businesses for sure 
So, yeah, and we found that, you know, the, the guests that we have have that same energy and um, attitude. And so introduced our, speaking of guests, introduce our guests today. All right. So Evie here is a remote too far. Okay, a remote video producer and YouTube strategist. In 2012, she opened virtually in sync where she provided video editing services primarily to speakers for their reels before eventually branching out to include YouTube management, strategy consulting, and virtual video production while working with coaches, co course creators, and virtual assistants um, and the like. Mm -hmm. This is Edie. Awesome. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was picking uh, Edie's brain a little bit before we, we went live, mm -hmm. but um, because YouTube is huge. Mm -hmm. YouTube is huge. Video is huge. Um, and uh, especially the video video production, um, I I love listening to podcasts. And one of my favorites, I actually watch on YouTube, and it's just so well produced. Mm -hmm. I mean, podcasts have kind of like leveled up, right? It's not just you know getting on a, a microphone and doing a recording. Although there's plenty of pot good podcasts out there that are in there, mm -hmm. literally in their closet with their outline talking into their phone and, and and that works um but i've also seen these podcasts where it's video uh, it's video you know good good quality mm -hmm. video great quality mm -hmm. sound and it's produced and um they're really good yeah. they're really good i really enjoy them yeah they didn't all start um, off that way though no no and and you didn't start off that way either. So when you started, that there was a lot to learn, right? Yeah. Um, when I started YouTube, when I first learned of YouTube, like seriously learned of YouTube, it was probably about a year after it started. And it was literally littered with goofy videos and just nothing to take seriously. And I never even thought in the back of my mind, oh, one day I might use this for something. It just didn't seem like something that I needed to take seriously. And about six years go by. And by that time, I've started my own business and I'm offering video services, primarily, like you mentioned, video editing services to um, speakers. And primarily the need for me with regards to video was for people to see what I could do. And the answer for me was I was looking for someplace cheap or free where I could host my videos, but they would be on my website, but they could be hosted somewhere else. And that's how YouTube fit in for me. I created a channel simply so that I could host my videos there and people who came to my website would be able to see examples of the work that I could do. I then a couple of years later started to realize that there was more to this YouTube thing than I actually thought. And I was starting to see people really improve on their business. They were making money hand over fist. And a lot of them were making money either through selling some sort of a product um, that they were sort of 
creating videos on YouTube to teach people how to use, or they were teaching people how to use YouTube and selling that as a course. And so I realized this was something I needed to really focus on. Um, and I just started to just play around with it. I was just, you know, experimenting. Oh, let me try and do this. Oh, let me try and do that kind of a thing. And some were hit and miss. And so in the very beginning um, stages of me using YouTube, I wasn't using it correctly. I didn't yeah. have an audience. I didn't know anything about a target audience. Target what? Like, what does that yeah. mean? And then let alone keywords. You know, I didn't know mm -hmm. anything about making sure that I was using the right keywords based on how they were searching. That was all foreign to me. So it took a long time and I'm a little bit of a stubborn person. So I'll try to do things on my own for as long as possible. And over a period of time of doing that and then finally taking classes, I then started to understand exactly what it was that I needed to do. But there were still elements of the process of being successful on YouTube that I didn't like and that I was still fighting. And I still fight to this to this day. There's some things that I won't do that a traditional, straightforward YouTuber would probably say, you need to do this in order to be successful. Yeah. I think there are ways for you to be successful on that platform. Um, and there are you don't necessarily have to follow the same exact rule. There's some elements that you definitely have to keep in mind and continue to do. But as long as you are fundamentally doing the things that you need to do, which are that you have a target audience in mind, you know exactly who it is that you want to target. You know what your expertise is, what you're good at doing that could provide assistance or help to that target audience and you cre create that content on a consistent basis, you're good. And when I say consistent, consistent is consistent based on what you consider as consistent. Because there are some people that will post a new video every day. There's some people that do it two or three times a week. There's others that do it once a week. And then there's others that do it less frequently than that. So whatever consistency is for you. And that's something that I'm going to be the first to admit that I'm still fighting. I don't, yeah. I'm not as consistent as I once was, but that's because life has occurred and I've allowed life to occur. So I just let mm -hmm. things happen naturally. And when I get around to it, I'll create a batch of content and then put it out there again. So it is definitely something that was a learning, a huge learning curve for me to understand what was it that I needed to do that met with my criteria and that fit into my lifestyle. And my channel has grown and been successful as a result of that. So it, there's proof that you don't have to follow this one rule in mm -hmm. order for you to have success on YouTube. Yeah. How did you get a, a clear purpose on what your channel was about? How did, what was the process there? That kind of came through, I won't say a process of elimination, but I started to look at what was I really good at? And I started to really pay attention to what people would say they enjoyed when they worked with me. And that was hard for me to even come to the conclusion on because I just, I never took compliments well, and I'm getting so much better at it now. But in the past, I literally used to ignore. If somebody said, oh, you're so good at fill in the blank, I'd be, yeah, 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 you're right. 
And I'd say, everybody can do this. You know, I'm not the only person that they've been. Yeah. And the one area that people were comfortable or thought that I was good at was explaining how to do things and also finding really simple ways for them to get whatever it was that they needed to get done. They would think that the process of creating a video was this overly complicated, I need to go to film school kind of a thing. <laughs> right, and yeah. I was always, you know, if there's an easy way for me to get something done, I'm all over it. I wanna know what it is. And so from the early days, before there were all these plethora of video creation tools, I was on the hunt for them. I was already looking and trying to find companies that made whatever it was I needed to do simplified and easy. And so I realized almost by accident after sort of thinking about what is it that people always compliment me on and what do I enjoy talking about? And so the two things kind of came together and it then became a channel that catered to people who wanted to learn how to use simple and easy video creation tools in order to create content for their business. They didn't want to have anything that was going to be overly complicated that they were going to need to have somebody else do for them because it was so super complicated. They wanted to be able to do it themselves and they wanted to be taught in a simple, straightforward and easy to understand way. And so I started looking for tools that I enjoyed. Now, the difference with my channel is I don't do a video on every tool that's out there. I do a video right. on tools that I actually use, that I enjoy, that I found were really easy and simple to um, understand and that others would be able to do um, and use as well. And then I try to make as many different varieties or videos that feature certain features within those tools on my channel as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very neat. Love it. Yeah. You listen to your audience, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's really and, important to do that. Yeah. So right now, what's the focus of your, your channel? Just that clear, simple instruction. It's, it's featuring those tools, but then it's now kind of expanded a little bit because my framework is built on a framework that I created called Embrace YouTube Video Framework. And I created that framework primarily because whenever I spoke to my audience, they were people that were usually technophobes or they were uncomfortable <laughs> with being on camera or they just assumed that the process was really difficult. And I wanted them to understand the power that not only video in general had, but the power that video, that YouTube could have for their business. So I basically wanted them to embrace it, to understand this isn't something that you should be running away from. You actually should be embracing it and folding it into your marketing plan. Whatever it is, if you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever those are, YouTube should be in there with you because a lot of these platforms, not a lot, every single one of them incorporates video thanks to the existence of YouTube. Mm -hmm. they they, when, they, when Facebook first came out, Facebook didn't do anything with, with video. It wasn't until I think 2016 or 2017 when they started to incorporate video. And YouTube's been around since like 2005. So 
it really is something that people need to embrace. So I created this framework that was built on three pillars and the pillars were created from what I realized not only I was lacking when I first started, but that 90% of the people that I work with are usually lacking. And the first is a lack of clarity. They needed to gain clarity on who their audience was, what their competition was doing. A lot of people don't look at their competition and also really honing in on to what it is that they do. What can they offer? What are they comfortable or consider themselves an expert at? So they really needed to gain that clarity. Then from there, they needed to move on to generating content. And so that was everything from writing their scripts, which a lot of people will be, you know, there's debate on there out there on should I write my scripts? It'll sound like I'm reading to people that, oh, I like to wing it. And then those that are just, okay, just give me some pointers and I'll just um, go from there. So whatever your style is, you still have to create the, the written word. Even if it's bulleted points, yeah. you still have to know yes. what it is yes. to talk about. And then from there, it's actually filming your video, which has been also another drama that people will, will <laughs> enter into. And I like to talk to them about easy and simple tools that they can use in order to create their content. And then the final action step in that pillar is editing their videos, which that's usually a, like dead stop. Nope, not going to do it. Don't even want to be involved with editing. And so now that we're in 2023, there are a lot of easy ways to mm -hmm. edit your videos. And moving forward, you can get your videos edited automatically using AI. I mean, it already exists. It's just not as perfect as we would like it to be. And then the last um, pillar is growing your audience. And that's all about YouTube. So that's optimizing your presence. That's making sure that you're telling your audience exactly what it is that you want them to do. So it's directing your peeps. And then finally, it's sharing your goods. It's sharing your content because a lot of people assume, oh, all I have to do is just upload my video to YouTube and YouTube's going to do everything it needs to do for me. No, that's not how it works. You still yeah. need, it's a marketing tool. It's not mm -hmm. a marketing, you know, conglomerate that just does everything for you. So it's one of the tools that you're going to use and you're still going to use all of the other methods, whether it's email, other social media platforms, blog posts and things of that nature. Yeah, I know that it makes a huge difference. It did for me anyway. It makes a huge difference what tool you're using for the editing. Yeah. Um, because, uh, let's say last year, the year before I was using a tool that was very cumbersome. I hated editing video, hated mm -hmm. it. And because the tool I was using was just not good. It was just not a good tool. Mm -hmm. Then I found, uh, I don't even know where I found it or who told me about it, but somebody told me about um, ClipChamp. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I actually started using, I'm trying to pull it up right now so I can see there's this new one out there called CapCut, mm -hmm. but I've never, I've not used that one very mm -hmm. much. Um, but ClipChamp for me, the one thing I like uh, that I use the free version of both. Right. I, I'm not paying for either one. Mm -hmm. Um, but the CapCut, it will allow 4k download versus ClipChamp doesn't right. it's 1040, 1040 or 1080 is the highest, mm -hmm. the highest quality it will go, but it made a huge difference in 
not just how quickly I could edit, but how well. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that the different layers, the, the intro slide versus the, you know, the transitions between um, the, you know, there's, you know, sounds and sound effects you can mm -hmm. put it. I mean, it's just yeah. made a huge difference and I actually enjoy right. doing it right. now. Um, I'm not very good at it. I'm not as good as, as some people. You get better with they. time though. Yeah. And um, so I know you mentioned before when you first started out and you were creating videos, it was taking a really long time. Mm -hmm. So was that kind of your experience Actually, as well? that part wasn't. Um, my background, I started off as a teenager interested in uh, video and television production. And one of the first jobs, which it, it turned into my first job, but it started off as an internship, was at a TV a local TV station. And the first thing I learned nice. to do was to edit videos. So I fell in love with editing and I always, it's, it's my sort of, I'm at peace when I'm editing. So that wasn't the time consuming part. The part of video production that I'm not a huge fan of is the physical um, producing of it, where I am actually filming myself. Don't mind filming others. <laughs> <laughs> other people don't care to film myself. So that was where um, that area of it took a long time. Plus, I was trying to figure out at the time, and again, I was searching for tools that would allow me to film myself and read a video teleprompter at the same time. And I did find apps finally. Um, I don't remember what year it was that I found the first app. And, but it was a pain in the behind because I would have to then get it from my phone to my computer so that I could edit because I wear glasses already. I do not need to go any more blind <laughs> and edit on my phone. So I refuse to do that. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I want to get something that allows me to do everything I need to do on my phone, but that I don't have to struggle with trying to figure out how to upload it to my computer because the caveat was I had an Apple phone. I have an Apple iPad, but I have a PC computer. Yep. So it's not like, oh, well, you just send it to your Mac. I don't have a Mac to send it to. So that was my dilemma. And then came along Big View, which is an app that not only allows you to, you can now write your script because it has an AI magic writer built into it. So you can actually write your script in it. You can then um, have it in that platform. It then comes on your phone automatically. And then you can record yourself on your phone. And then from your phone, you upload it to the cloud, but it comes onto your Big View desktop. So it's on my computer. So I'm like, this is a no brainer. And it's for PC and for Mac. So it didn't oh, wow. matter what, what um, platform I was using. So that was my saving grace. And then the other thing was I wasn't batch recording at the time when mm -hmm. I first was. Mm -hmm. And I still occasionally will do this because if the mood strikes me or if I find something that I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know this existed. I'm immediately going to do a video on it. And that's pretty much what my style was initially. But then once I started to get into the habit of once a month batch recording, like anywhere from four to eight videos, then I would have a month or two worth of videos that I would just schedule out. That saved a 
I can't even tell you how much time that saved. That was really um, good for me. To so when you batch record, how much time do you set aside for doing? Um, it's usually an entire day. So I okay. will um, take the morning and sometimes what I'm doing is throughout the month, I might find ideas and I have, it's buried, but I have a binder that has uh -huh. all of my ideas in it. So I, it could be, I got an email, I saw something online, whatever it, it might be. Or especially if it's for any tool that I'm using, um, I'm on the list so that if there's any updates that are going to happen to it, I know what the new features are. So I will print that out, put it in my um, book up. Oh, that's great. Create. And so yeah. I always have an idea of I know what I want to create. And then I need to set aside some time where I can sit down and craft the, um, the script. That also used to take me forever and a day because mm -hmm. I don't consider myself um, a prolific writer. I can write if I'm in the right mood and the right setting, everything has to be like aligned for me to be able to just right. be focused. All the stars and moves. Yes. Um, <laughs> but fortunately with AI, that makes that process a lot faster because it gives me ideas of how I can coordinate my script. And then I just go in and tweak it and so it just makes me be able to create scripts faster. And so that can be done on a previous day or it could be done in the morning. And then I'll set up, I'll decide if I'm gonna do four or eight videos um, that particular day. Some of my videos for the most part are screen recorded and I'm in it at the same time. So those are a little more time consuming than if I'm just doing direct to camera because direct to camera is like a piece of cake. You just, you know, set it up and boom, 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 you can get, yeah. you know, as many videos as you want. But if I'm doing a screen recording, I have to do a rehearsal mm -hmm. because I need to know what I'm going to be doing step by step. Yes. And so that yeah. a lot longer um, than the yeah. direct cameras. Yeah. I am smiling because I've done that. I've, I've been like, Oh, I'll just do a quick screen recording yeah. and then I'll, uh, uh, something will take too long yeah. or, it won't load or, you know, and then you're like, oh, dang it. Yeah. I gotta start all over yeah. again. But each time, you know, you get a little better. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit more about what were the challenges that you faced in growing at your YouTube channel and, and, and ultimately what, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What did you end up, you know, what, what was your yeah. success? Um, when I first started my channel, I didn't have goals or a mission. I didn't like, oh, I want to hit X amount of subscribers or I want. Is that important? Um, the subscribers? Hell no. No, absolutely okay. not. Not important. And I, I know why people put importance in vanity numbers, but it does not determine the success of your business, the size of your YouTube channel, unless you are determined to be a full-time YouTube creator. That's a little bit different. But if you are a business owner and I work with business owners that are using YouTube as a marketing tool. So mm -hmm. I'm not, gotcha. I don't work with people who just want to become YouTube stars. Um, and if that is the case, if you're a business owner and you want to use uh, YouTube as a marketing tool, the, the vanity numbers don't, don't really matter. So I didn't have any kind of, and back then, 
that's all everybody talked about was that they wanted to have the most subscribers. They wanted, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And um, pretty much from the beginning, what I did notice with a lot of the videos that I did, and I did not have any sort of scientific method of creating videos. I would just see what other people were doing. And then I would do a video similar to that. Who knew that that would become a tactic? That is actually what is recommended for you to do. Um, and those videos always did really well. My videos in general, for the most part, has always had really good engagement, meaning people have liked them or more importantly, have commented on my videos almost since day one. And that's odd because that doesn't necessarily always happen, especially from the beginning. But again, I've been in this game for a while. <laughs> so I didn't just start my channel the other day. Um, so I recognized that I needed to be consistent. And so I needed to, if I was going to do this, I needed to know exactly what it was that I was going to be creating. I needed to be consistent. When you came onto my channel, you needed to know immediately from the homepage what you were going to gather from being on my channel. What were you going to learn? And what kinds of content was I going to include? So that meant I needed to redo my um, channel page and I needed to make sure that I had a channel trailer, which I need to update. It's a couple of years old, but I need to update that. Um, and so I just needed really to be consistent. And when I got consistent, what consistency brought was a fast growth. So when you're consistent and you're creating videos, say for example, my, my consistency was once a week. So every single week I had a new video that was being posted. And that grew my channel really quickly. In a short period of time, it, it got a lot of views. And that will happen. I've had clients where um, they've done, I think I had one client that was, you know, loved video enough that she was doing videos, two pre-recorded and one live video on YouTube every single week. So her channel grew from when she came with me, it was about 1,200. And by the time we got her up to about 20,000 or so was like five months later. So wow. she grew really, really quickly because she was doing a whole lot of videos every week and she was doing all of the other things that you need to do in order to promote your videos. So she was doing all of the work that needed to be done in order for you to um, get successful. But for me, my goal was I just want to put out content that I'm comfortable with, that I know that I can deliver and can explain. And that's another thing that I see in my comments is that somebody, because I'm creating content that a lot of YouTube or video experts are putting out, but mine is targeted to my target audience. And that's different from everybody else. And I will come across some comments, especially on the tutorials, where they'll say, I looked at so many other videos and couldn't understand what I needed to do until I saw your video. Yeah, That just tells me and should tell everyone, there is someone out there specifically for you. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't concern yourself with wanting no. to get all of these people to view your videos because you could have a hundred thousand people view your video. Has, have they bought anything from you? Right. Probably not. I have, my channel right now has just shy of 7,500 subscribers. 
I average about 13,000 views on a monthly basis across my channel. And my channel goes back to 2013, 2014 is probably when I started to really actively um, post. And I get comments still on really super old videos, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And my channel is big enough to bring me clients that will pay me thousands of dollars. I had one video that within, I want to think it was within six months of that video being out, brought me three clients, one that paid me over $10,000. And I don't have hundreds of thousands of views on every single video. There are some videos that I have hundreds of thousands of views. Those are easily three, four or five years old. But the vast majority of my videos get hundreds to a couple thousand, maybe three, four thousand at the most. And but those videos bring in clients. And so it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have. You could have, yeah, we know someone, Kathy Guggenauer. She was mm -hmm. a client of mine. When I first did her channel, we uploaded videos that I think she had done um, interviews that she wasn't doing a podcast podcast yet. Um, and within a month, she got someone to who saw her video sign up for her course and told me that was the fastest ROI she'd ever gotten. And I said, that's not normal. That's not the norm, but it can happen. Yeah. So she didn't even she maybe had 100 subscribers at that point. But because the videos were optimized, it was found by someone who happened to be looking for someone who did and provided. Yes. And so yeah. was able to get that client. So, so let's talk real. Let's be real. How much time do you spend in a week producing, editing, SEO for your business, not for your clients, just right. for your business? Um, my, my business, I put it off a lot. But when I am doing, because I, you know, um, yeah, okay. I know. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to front and make it sound as if it's the, oh, it's this easy process. And because I'm so super organized and anal, I have everything you know, automatic. <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to be real. Are you attacking me right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I am offending anyone. I do not no. to offend you. That's just, I'm talking me. When I am focused on it, I usually, my off days are Wednesdays. So I usually leave that day for um, mapping out. Like, for example, I have a number of scripts already ready. And so I just need to sit down and um, film them. So I probably tomorrow will do about three videos. I may publish one as early as this week, or I might wait and then do them. Um, sometimes I'll do two in a week, depending on like, I can get a video written, edited, filmed and edited within a day. If I'm of the mindset to do it and I have yeah. time available. If I want to do batching, I have to give myself an entire day in order to do that. So it really varies. Like the last two videos that I have on my channel, I did those spur of the moment. I was like, oh my God, it can do this now. Let me do a video. And so I, you know, created a script really quickly, boom, shot it. 
and got it done um, that same day. So it just all depends on what my schedule is like, if I have time and if I'm in the right headspace. Yeah. Because I have to be yeah. in the right headspace. I mean, right. Yeah. That's the thing about video is like it's all right there. Yeah. <laughs> all the nonverbal cues. Yeah. Right there for everybody yeah. to see. So, but if push comes um, to shove, you can always go live. <laughs> yes. And so that's been my go to is like, I don't want to deal with all this editing crap. Let's just do, let's just go live. Let it fly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, not that I don't see value in, in production. I absolutely mm -hmm. do. I do production, video production for a client. And let's talk about that. It is so rewarding when I'm on my smart TV on YouTube, because I'll be honest uh, that I, I'm on YouTube a lot mm -hmm. on my TV mm -hmm. and that didn't used to be a thing. Right. Like YouTube is its own cable yeah, channel. It is, you know, <laughs> um, with all the, like you could like look up anything yeah. in there. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, when you subscribe and you go to your subscriptions and you see all this great content that you want to see, and it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole. But when I run across a new video mm -hmm. that I produce mm -hmm. for a client, it it does, it makes you feel good yeah. to see that there. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, how, what's your, what's your take on that? Do you, do you subscribe to your client's channels and oh, yeah. like them um, and all those things? Yes. I don't edit as often as I used to. I tend to outsource my editing. Um, if it's just, you know, overwhelming and I have too many, um, clients to do their videos, but I, as a producer, I'm still very hands-on in terms of making sure creatively that it's showing what it needs to show and that um, the story that needs to be told is being told. And so I am sort of getting out. I wouldn't say I'm getting out of, I still do custom YouTube videos, but now I've been spending more time on video podcasts. So for a client, um, one of my current clients, I'm doing sort of the, we're at the marketing stage. So that we're releasing the videos and the audios for the podcast. And then I have another client where we're at the infancy stage where we're just coordinating and starting to film um, their podcast. Um, but it is really rewarding to see it come to life and to be able to know that you played an instrumental role, especially if it's a meaningful podcast, like the one that I'm uh, in the process of doing the marketing um, that we're currently marketing for is called Exchange Place. And it's about a story of, well, I shouldn't even say it's a story because it's, it's real life. It actually happened. Um, the executive producer's mother was a teacher in New Orleans back in the 60s when uh, during the civil rights era, where there was a school that she was the administrator for that taught black females predominantly, but not only black females, um, trained them for secretarial jobs so that they could get jobs in corporate America, because this wasn't happening um, back mm -hmm. then. And it was something I was like, what? Say what? When he first came to me and, and said that he wanted, he was doing this podcast and he had already done all of the audio interviews. So it was just a matter of getting them edited and making sure that they were edited in the format that they needed to be edited in. And then obviously we're now uh, promoting it. And I was like, 
I didn't know about this. Now, granted, I didn't grow up in the States, so I was like, that could be part of it. And I didn't grow up in the South, so that could be part of it. But I didn't think a lot mm -hmm. of people had heard about this. So I was immensely interested in this story and this topic and, and just couldn't wait to just dive in. So I've been like in seventh heaven, just being able to be a part of it and to be able to market it and, and share it with um, my audience. But one thing that I had noticed where I don't, and I don't know how many podcasters are doing this, but when you're doing, I don't really know the, the pros and cons of how you're supposed to present a podcast from an audio standpoint versus a video standpoint. But with video and YouTube, the key thing is for you to hook your audience. So you have to grab their attention from the minute that they click on your video because the assumption is there's something about the title or the thumbnail that intrigued them enough to say, I want to watch this video. And so you need to make sure that you're keeping that interest within the first at least 30 seconds to minute of the video playing. And with my client, the way that he was structuring his podcast, it was just going to start off, you know, sort of like the traditional, this is the blah, blah, yeah. blah podcast. And, and so, you know, in tweaking that, I was like, okay, we're editing these um, interviews. You need to open up with a hook. So as I was listening to the podcast, and these podcasts were an hour long, if not longer than that, the interviews. And so I would just pick out, oh my gosh, that's interesting. Open up with that one. Or, you know, so that was a really interesting part and role to play mm -hmm. um, in making sure that the story is told and that it unfolds the way that it, because the entire podcast is a story in and of itself. And then each episode about the graduates, each episode is about the graduates yeah. and then just telling the story behind the birth. Each episode's like a chapter. Yeah. In the big, bigger book. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. So that's, nice. that's been fun. That's been more creative for me than YouTube videos because YouTube videos tend to be informational educational, mm -hmm. not necessarily, yeah, you're kind of telling a story, but you're telling a story of how to, you know, create a video using this product or how to, you know, yeah. social media, whatever, I think you know. So it's back in the beginning, it seemed like YouTube was kind of like reality TV, mm -hmm. right? It was raw, it was uncut, unedited, just very, you know, and um, I think to an extent, like some of the subscriptions that uh, channels that I subscribe to are, you know, about van life or nomadic okay. life. And so those are more storytelling. Right. I really yeah. enjoy those, yeah. but not all of them. Like I still subscribe to channels like yours. Mm -hmm. And um, I just actually watched uh, this morning um, uh, about equipment, um, specifically uh, 35 millimeter um, DSLR mm -hmm. lenses for mm -hmm. blogging. And um, I, it was just, it was really interesting yeah. to me, yeah. a tech geek, you yeah. know, um, who just got her dream DSLR. Right. Um, you know, I'm like, you know, watering, my mouth is watering over all these different <laughs> Good uh, lenses. And everything. Not a lot of people are techies and they don't. And I want to, you know, if you're a techie and you want to go that route, more power to you, but you don't need to in order to do YouTube. Right. You can use your smartphone. Exactly. Yeah. I'm using my yeah. laptop webcam, Laura. Yeah. I use my laptop camera. Yeah. 
Now, what are what are you using your laptop webcam or do you have a separate? I have a HD webcam on mine. Um, okay. I I believe in externals because they're going to give off the better quality. They're high definition, um, so they're going to give off a better quality. And then an external microphone, uh, preferably a USB one, so that it can capture the audio as clean and crisp as possible. So, do you still use uh, Blue or? I have an audio. This is my very first USB microphone, and I've not needed to change it. It's similar in um, capabilities to Blue and to Snowball and to you know any other ones that stand on your desk. This used to stand on my desk, but I've since put it on an arm. On an arm. Yeah. Because it just was a little bit more flexible, and I didn't have just to, fancy life. Yeah, move it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, um, I think I could probably sit here and talk to you forever, but we do try to keep our episodes a little shorter because, um, for a podcast listener like myself, if I see a podcast that's an hour or longer, I don't even bother mm. unless, mm. unless it's diary of a CEO. He has podcasts. Oh death. my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Stephen Bartlett. Yeah. Um, I was just watching uh, his uh, a poor a part because it's like two hours long with Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I think I saw that one already. I was looking yesterday at the one where he was interviewing the biochemist where she was talking about sugar. Mm, I saw the thumbnail for that, yeah. but I didn't. And he has a he has a really good team because they do some really um, hooky that oh, they yeah. really hook you with yeah. some of their their titles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, all right, so we have your uh, offer, but uh, Laura, you want to pull that up? Absolutely. All right. So Edie is um is offering. Um so she does have a YouTube videos, um, Kickstart Your Journey in Six Easy Steps. Um, and so she's offering um her audience a free one hour coaching call when you purchase the course with the code FTCP. So um Getting in with Edie, going through the journey where she talks about here and knowing how to get that going for you. And my dogs are scratching, but um, getting your YouTube <laughs> going for you definitely um, make the call, have the call. You know, um, a lot of our speakers do the freebies and they want you to come in and just get to know you. And, and again, building that community and that tribe is part of that. So. We're always grateful. definitely subscribe to her YouTube channel. Yeah. We'll put all of her um, social uh, links and website in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. But don't forget that code so you can get that free coaching. Yeah, and if you um, want a freebie, I have a freebie on my on my channel, a video creation yes. toolkit. So awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, it, it seemed like you had a couple of different eBooks, didn't you? Um, I have a bunch of, well, I have toolkits and I have a lot of guides and checklists and things of that nature. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So one of the things we do is we have a current guest introduce next week's guest and next week's guest is Donnell Kelly. Yes. Um, so Donnell Kelly is the CEO and founder of Oxley Help, a project management 
agency that specializes in women-led small business operations. After serving in the Navy as a shipboard firefighter for eight years and studying kinesiology and psychology at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, Donnell has inspired to was inspired to shift gears and enter the world of women-led businesses. She discovered a new exciting way to express her passion for project management by collaborating with other women entrepreneurs. Donnell's team brings an integrated approach through Oxley Help, providing tailor-made planning, procurement, and execution of projects by using shared collaboration techniques. This unique approach allows for more work to be done in less time, the epitome of efficiency. Donnell founded Oxley Help based on her personal vision. Using her values as a guide, she's discovered a fulfilling purpose within Oxley Help to empower future women business leaders. Sounds like my kind of girl. Um, project management, yeah. <laughs> uh, empowering women business leaders. It, it's going to be a it's going to be a good one. Um, oh. So this week, our ask, our call to action is to sign up for our newsletter if you haven't yet. Um, we do weekly sneak peek emails for upcoming guests. You can see who's coming and when. And we do a monthly email full of all the free and discounted resources uh, from our guests. Uh, so we do a monthly roundup of that. So you want to get that all in one place. Um, oh, I just noticed that Carla. Yeah, Carla's on. Yeah. Hey. hey, Carla. Awesome. Hi. And uh, we love Carla. She did our uh, our trailer and she did our bloopers last year. Uh -huh. <laughs> we that did a blooper reel. That was fun. Carla yeah, was is fun. the bomb. Yeah, she is. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So we will see you guys next week. Same bat channel, same bat time yes. with Donnell Kelly. Go out there and get on the email list. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks.